I'm Aaron Schachter, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. Iran has long accused the United States and Israel of launching cyber attacks against Iranian nuclear facilities and infrastructure. Well, it appears the Iranians were right. A story in today's New York Times reports that the U.S. and Israel have indeed launched such attacks using weapons like Stuxnet. That's the destructive computer worm that targeted Iran and accidentally became public last year. Even after that setback, according to the Times, President Obama ordered an increase of cyber attacks against Iran. James Lewis follows cybersecurity matters at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington, D.C. James, one of the really amazing things about this story, if um, the New York Times article is true, is how this worm got into the, the infrastructure in Iran. Can you explain how that worked? The problem for the people who designed Stuxnet was how to get into a secure Iranian system. So that means you needed to have a human element, a human person go and use what is one of my favorite techniques, a thumb drive. Put the malware on a thumb drive, you get some unsuspecting character to plug that thumb drive into the network, and you've just beaten all their defenses. It just seems so implausible. It's a really good trick. You can go and uh, this has happened in the U.S. People will throw thumb drives in a parking lot and, you know, some good Samaritan will pick it up and plug it into their computer to see if they can return it to the owner. The second you do that, you're gotten. I have this impression of, of sort of a secret agent parachuting in and, and handing it off to another secret agent, but that, that's not what happened. No, it, you know, this will make a good uh, sequel to Mission Impossible, but it probably was something simple, like um, an Iranian scientist is in a European hotel, he has a thumb drive, and somebody replaces it with the infected one. But it just seems such a chance way of doing such a huge operation. You can always count on humans to make a mistake. One of the things that this, where it's consistent with traditional espionage is you're counting on the ability to trick humans or to get them to react in a predictable way that you can take advantage of. And that worked really well with the Stuxnet. Behind it, of course, was some very sophisticated engineering, some relatively sophisticated programming, a deep understanding of how control systems worked and an ability for the first time to cause damage. And so altogether, it's a great package, great operation. Now, you're calling this uh, relatively sophisticated uh, programming. If it's only relatively sophisticated, why isn't this being done a whole lot more? Because you have to put it together in a whole package that involves this human espionage. You need to get the thumb drive to somebody You need to have engineers who can take apart uh, industrial control systems and figure out how they work. You need to be able to mimic, uh, to steal credentials. Stuxnet was more than the code that people found on the Internet. It was many, many parts, some of which only a high-end nation state could carry out right now. Over time, sure, this is going to become more common. But right now, there's probably only a half dozen countries in the world that could do this. Yeah, this is a question that we've been having here. Is this something that requires the resources of a government to do? Or could we see, as China has been accused of doing, sort of farming out this kind of programming to uh, college graduates and, and so on? Collecting data, espionage, is easy. And so you can farm that out. Causing physical damage is hard, but it's getting less hard every year. 
what everyone worries about is the you know the trend in computing is you know in year one it's high end and in year ten it's a commodity and that's the path we're on for this kind of attack. Now, James Lewis, this is your business following uh, cybersecurity. Uh, is there any fallout from what's going on now? Do, do, is there a debate, a greater debate on cyber attacks and what we do next? There's a big international discussion among governments on how do we deal with this new kind of warfare. And of course, when you have a negotiating landscape and you drop stories like this into it, the landscape changes. So we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, if the U.S. wants to go in and say, we need uh, to control this kind of thing, we need to build confidence and trust, um, stories like this might have changed the game a little bit. So watch the negotiating front. James Lewis is a senior fellow at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington, D.C. James, thank you so much. Thanks very much.